Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewitt. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, Nat. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm tired, but good. You're tired. Have you just had a busy week? Oh, I saw on your Instagram you were like doing a bunch of wedding stuff. That's why you're tired. Yeah, With it was friends. a lot of extroversion and a lot of drinking. More oh. drinking than I've done in like a year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was probably only like three glasses of wine or something. You're so crazy. <laughs> I'm such a lightweight. It's just, yeah, so I think I'm just recovering from all of the all of the fun. You were just one beer in Thailand. <laughs> oh man, I was such an easy drink. Yeah. I couldn't and you know I was like a little bit like stumbling after that too. <laughs> I can't do it. I just can't. Yeah. Celtics. So now you're just um, re- recovering. Yeah, yeah. So we have a special voice on the podcast today, if you haven't noticed. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today we're interviewing Allie. Um, say hi, Allie. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> she's been on our podcast before. She's like such a wonderful friend of ours. Um, she's uh, her last podcast that she was on with us. What, what was it again? It was um, episode. Oh, I don't know the number. We'll link it. Yeah, but it was all about Cadaver Lab and, and how wonderful and gross and amazing and <laughs> all the things you'd ever want to know about Cadaver Lab and, and like imparting, um, you know, going on that kind of journey. Um, so we'll link up to that episode down below. Um, but today we are going to talk about something else, right? Mm-hmm. I, I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Ali has like a, you have a, so many specialties. There's so many things that you, I guess you just like were drawn to and your interest um, led you towards. And so this one um, is what we do want to talk about today is this prenatal interest of yours. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, tell us a little bit about how you got into it. Well, it's actually kind of a funny story. So uh, I began my 200 hour and it was a, it was a five and a half week intensive. And this was in Thailand, actually. Um, And so I was living in Switzerland at the time with my husband. And so we were away from each other for quite a while. And uh, while I was doing that training, I knew that prenatal was something I was interested in exploring eventually. Um, And then fast forward, six weeks later, I came home and Probably got pregnant within a couple days after being home. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, it's, you know, the, there's something really interesting about being away um, and just really grounding your body and, and opening your body to that experience. Um, I think it just made me very um, fertile. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so anyhow, so I got pregnant right away and I was just like, oh my gosh, like I have this really um, – deep yoga practice. And I want to, I want to pursue this. I want to maintain this practice. However, now I'm not just practicing for myself anymore. And I'm practicing for me and this, and this human that's growing within me. Right. So 
um, immediately actually started looking for a prenatal teacher training to explore and came across my uh, prenatal teacher. Her name's Sue Elkind, and she lives in Lambertville, New Jersey. Owns a wonderful studio space there. It's called Dig Yoga. Um, it's just incredible. Um, but however, she was teaching prenatal trainings abroad at that time. And so she was teaching, it's a two-part training. It's 80 hours through Yoga Alliance. Um, and so I ended up uh, partaking in that training with her and it changed my life. Um, it was this prenatal training not only um, gave me this opportunity to connect to this whole process of birth and labor and, and just pregnancy in general, but it also brought me deeper to understanding my body uh, and how to understand how to work with my body and create space, not only for me, but also for this, this beautiful um, human who is now five and a half years old. <laughs> so, um, so it really was a big game changer. It, it, was, it was an incredible way to just explore the practice in such a different way. Um, and so for me, I became very passionate about teaching prenatal um, yoga. And, um, you know, there's just so much, there's so much inconsistency that we experience right now in, in the world when it comes to prenatal yoga. And there's so much, um, you know, you read so much on the internet about what you should and shouldn't do. And um, I've just became really passionate about education um, in regards to, to teachers for prenatal yoga, but also um, empowering women during their journey through through labor and delivery and postpartum as well. Awesome. Yeah, I have, well, Sandy and I do not have experience with prenatal, postnatal. There's no babies over here. <laughs> so <laughs> I find Only like dog babies. Dog babies, yeah. I'm sure there's like a, a dog yoga somewhere. <laughs> but I, yeah, I have like, I have no idea. And I'm sure so many listeners experience the same thing. Like it's something they're really interested in, but I, like, I don't know how I would move my body differently. I don't know why mm. I would. I don't know. Like it's something so unique when it's in your body to have that experience. And of course I could definitely learn about it, um, without having that experience, but it's, but it's a little bit different to really be living it. Mm. Um, like what are some of the most distinct differences in the way that you would physically move your body in um in your prenatal journey hmm. yeah that's a great question I think the one thing about it is it occurs over time so it's not like all of a sudden you wake up and you know you're eight months pregnant right so it's a gradual progression <laughs> of shifting and changing and every day is going to be very very different during pregnancy um I would say it's just kind of the way that your body moves is different. The way that it takes up space is different um, because now it's all about when that prenatal journey is all, all about really creating space and opening to space, right, mm -hmm. um, for both you and baby. And so um, as the baby, as, as the uterus grows and as the baby gets larger, you know, the, it takes on a whole new level of just how to understand how to how to move your body. Um, for example, I had a, I have a really good friend who's pregnant with her second and she took one of my just like regular group classes last week. Um, and she's, 
she hasn't been practicing yoga as much during this pregnancy. She's super busy. She's an acupuncturist. She's, you know, got a full-time job. Um, so she came and took my class and she's now 20 weeks pregnant. And we were just kind of chatting a little bit after class. And she's like, it's so incredible how different my body's moving now from when, you know, she last took my class when she was like eight weeks pregnant. So she's like, it was just, it was challenging, but it was also like just really empowering because, um, you know, I was there to help her and offer her modifications that would be really helpful for her. Um, so it's just, it's just really interesting progression. Um, I would say it's just the way that your body moves is, is totally different. There's, um, there's more weight, there's more fluid there. It's just everything moves differently. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's like a lot of, um, teaching prenatal then about, um, I guess tapping into your intuition of like how your body should be moving instead of it being like a concrete physical, like move your body in these ways. Is it more towards, yeah, like listening to your body? Well, I think that's a big part of it um, as well. And I think that that's kind of a big part of the yoga practice in general is just this connection to that inner environment, right? That internal environment of the body. But I think with um, prenatal yoga, I think it's even more enhanced, you know, um, there's just, there's so much going on. And when we can tap into that inner wisdom, that intuition, um, I always say the inner goddess, you know, we can, we can really connect to our body in a very profound way. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, in my experience, I've only taught a few pregnant women in my group classes. Um, mm -hmm. but usually, sorry, did someone say something? No. Nope. No? Oh, my bad. Okay. Um, I, I thought, I thought not you said something. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, usually there's like a lot of, um, uh, pulling back the poses for them. And I think that's like a, it, it's for someone to be pregnant and to be like their yoga sort of like taken away in certain ways, you know, like there's certain things, like there's more things they can't do, um, as, the pregnancy progresses. Um, and how do you deal with it? Like, how do you talk through that? How do you language that? Cause it's so, it's such a, it's a downer, you know, it sucks. <laughs> I don't actually like to think about it like that. Um, like, Oh, you can't do this. I think that everyone's going to have their own personal journey. Um, <clears throat> there's, there's things that I can, can offer as advice. Um, but there's really, I mean, you know, it is it is a really challenging thing, especially coming from somebody who had like a really deep practice and then now coming into pregnancy and having to shift things a little bit. It, it's more of a shift. It's more of like, OK, like anytime you're doing a pose, you have to kind of ask yourself, like, is this creating space for me and baby or is this becoming restrictive or is this, you know, it. it it's, it's just an it's just a totally different way of approaching the practice. Um, and you know, the thing is, is that a lot of people have this idea that that prenatal yoga is like really light and fluffy and it's just like, you know, this very gentle version of yoga. Um, but I think that that's kind of a really, um, I don't, I don't think that that's a correct in interpretation of how the practice is because, uh, the way that I teach prenatal yoga is, is really more of a focus on strength and stability um, and empowerment versus like, you know, just la-di-da-di, -di, like, 
oh, we're all here just to enjoy ourselves and connect. And, and that's, <sighs> yeah, and that's wonderful. And that's a part of it. I mean, but I think that we have to think about this, like these women that are coming into our practice, they're not ill, they're not sick. Like there's nothing going on. They, this is the most natural process a woman's body can go through. Right. And so, I mean, it's just, we have to treat it that way. And we have to understand that women still want to like use their body, you know, and, and use their strengths and use that wisdom and use that connection. So I try not to think about it in like, oh, you can't do this and you can't do this. Yes, there are certain things that we want to avoid, but I'm not going to sit around and tell you, you know, chirp on that because it's just, you have to, <laughs> you have to always just, you know, you have to always be able to connect to that inner wisdom. And so we just really encourage that through our classes. Yeah. So when you are teaching like a mixed class with a pregnant or a few pregnant women and then other people who are not pregnant. Yeah. Um, I guess my question is, is like balancing that then because you do want to like provide like the, the forewarning, like, oh, we are going to come into this pregnant women, please sit this out or do this instead. Like, do mm. you call mm-hmm. it out so obviously? Like, I always feel a little weird doing that. <laughs> yeah, like, no. I don't know. See, that's, that's a good question. I mean, oftentimes uh, a woman who walks into my class, like a group class, will tell me that she's pregnant. I mean, uh, there's like the random occasion that, you know, she's in her first trimester and doesn't say anything, you know, but usually I would say, usually I would say probably 90% of the women who come to my class and they're pregnant, they tell me, you know, maybe, maybe even more than that. Um, And so, so what I can do, if I have a plan in the back of my head, what I can do is I secretly kind of shift things around. Um, I, I change up the game a little bit. So the people in the class don't even know that I'm really like changing it just for this one pregnant woman in my class. But the people like are kind of like, Oh, huh. Well, that's different. (laughs) You know, like for example, like a a typical sun salutation, right. Um, Mm. We're, you know, like, let's just talk about going the the transition from um, just the beginning of the practice. Oftentimes we start at the top of our mat, right? For for Tadasana or or mountain pose. Instead, mm-hmm. sometimes what I would do is I would have, if I have a pregnant woman in my room, I might have everybody start at the back of the mat that day, you know, and just like really throw them for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> so when when we, you know, go through the transition to, you know, downward facing dog, we're walking forward instead of walking back. Right. right. Um, so just kind of shifting, shifting things up a little bit. Now, if I am going into something like a, a twist, that's when I would probably say um, to, you know, that pregnant woman in the room, go ahead and just twist away from your body. Right. You know, like everyone's going to twist in one direction and I'm going to have you twist the opposite direction, you know, because thoracic mobility is, is actually really key during pregnancy, but it's just all about the way that we're doing it. So we do want to we do want to encourage twisting, but it's more of this twisting into the body and like really trying to get that rinse of the abdominal organs that we want to just try to avoid. It's it's you know it's just not conducive to to growing a baby inside, right? <laughs> so we want to think about always just keeping spaciousness and that open twist to to support both mama and baby. So there are certain things that I definitely um, I don't really call it out like that because. 
I think the biggest key is when a woman comes to a group class is you want her to feel as welcome as possible, as normal, as natural as possible. Because like I said, this is the most natural process a woman's body can go through, right? So just making them feel as comfortable as possible is really important. And so typically what I would do is when a woman walks into the room and she's pregnant, like I'll check in with her and just see what's going on. Is there anything I need to know about this pregnancy? Um, how have things been going thus far? How's your yoga practice? What's movement? Like I would just give a little bit of a few minutes just to just to treat her like the goddess in the room because she is the goddess in the room that day um, and just give her a little extra support. So I would always give her lots of props. Um, definitely a bolster, blankets, blocks, straps, all, all the props. Um, and, you know, and I would even recommend maybe for her to stand by a wall or to set her mat up close to me so that I can really offer her the modifications she might need for the practice that day. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's trying to make it as inclusive as possible. And because if you are going to be saying like, oh, so-and-so, you shouldn't be doing this during, because you're, you know, because you're pregnant, they're going to feel almost like alienated, alienated. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just think it's important that for us as teachers, we just keep that, that, that beautiful, like welcome environment that we would for anybody walking into our yoga class. Yeah. It's like that. There's kind of like a fine line of like, complete inclusivity, but also um, giving the person or kind of that empowerment to be like, your body is changing. Like you are different now. Like, yes, you are the same person, but like there is power in the changes that are occurring in your body and to, to, to be okay with moving in a different way, but also being a full part of, of the class. It's like kind of both things going on there. Absolutely. And then just to add, <clears throat> typically what I would do um, after a group class um, is I would, you know, maybe take a few moments just to check check in with her and just see how the class went for her and just let her know that um, how important a prenatal class really is. You know, like group classes are amazing and you're going to get that, you know, of course you're going to get that sense of community in a group class, but there's just really nothing quite like taking a prenatal class. Hmm. You, so what, yeah, what are the main differences you would say? Yeah. So <clears throat> my intention for teaching a prenatal class is to really just invoke this sense of, of community, like of, mm. of women sitting in circles, of women supporting women. And so a really important part of a prenatal class is taking the time in the beginning of class to, to check in, Right. Um, there's so much going on during pregnancy and, you know, there's a lot of women come into a prenatal class and, you know, they're, they've been working all day. They've been standing on their feet all day. They're tired. They're sore. Um, maybe they, you know, have had some, some issues going on in their pregnancy that really this is like a very, I create a very safe space for women to feel vulnerable, but to also feel supported. Right. Um, to feel like they can, they can be heard, to empower them to use their voice, to let us know what's going on, to feel supported. And it's not, you don't get that in a group class. Right. And so it's just the intention that I set from the beginning is just this sense of community um, for women supporting women um, and, and giving them a chance to be heard. And 
and it and it creates this really beautiful connection you know women share stories they share you know who their doula is or who their midwife is or who their caregiver is or where they're going to be giving birth are they doing a hospital or are they going to a birth center just it's just a really great place to connect like oh i have heartburn oh try this it works for me <laughs> you know like it's just like yeah. it's the sounding board that you can create for pregnancy and it's it's like nothing else i ever have experienced in a regular group class setting um, that i think really sets this uh, you know specific style apart it's almost as though the group classes classes need to take like a page out of that philosophy of community and welcoming and like shared energy right mm. um yeah that i kind of like you're selling it so well i wish we did it better <laughs> in group classes <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how amazing. Like we like all took like 15 minutes and said, how how was your day? And what's going on today? And, and you know, sometimes it's nice you can do a little bit of that, but we know when you've got a larger class and you got 20 people, that could, that could take oh up the whole gosh. damn hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not <laughs> so, happening. Yeah. So yeah, I you know, and we don't just really sit around. Like we sit around and, you know, one of the things I think that what I love what I do because I incorporate a lot of myofascial release into uh, my prenatal classes. And so oftentimes we'll be sitting around and we'll be rolling our feet or we'll be rolling the calves and we're just, you know, everyone's just catching up, but they're also moving their body as well. So, um, you know, (laughs) that's that's a big, that's a big thing for me is that, you know, the movement factor is so key, especially during pregnancy. Um, Movement can just be, it, it can help you in so many ways. So, yeah. I'm wondering, probably just like people who are not pregnant, like anybody that comes into a yoga class, like certain things feel good to some people, certain things don't feel good to other, or Mm -hmm. certain things feel good to some and then not to others. In a pregnant body, is it more universal? Like, is it like, okay, yeah, like um, compressive deep forward folds are not going to feel good, obviously, and like deep twists and stuff like that. But do you find like there's a lot of variation um, amongst obviously different the different trimesters and stages along pregnancy, like what feels good to one person will just never feel good to another person? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's honestly just a different in, in bodies. I mean, mm-hmm. anatomy, right? Yeah. <laughs> so but yeah, I mean, you could generalize with different postures, like you were saying, like, I'm not going to go into a, a, a straight legged forward fold, right? I'm yeah. not going to do that. I'm going to take wide legs. Like I'm always going to be offering positions for the body that are going to be welcoming for both mom and baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest with you, like, you know, one of the, one of the favorite go-to poses um, that we do towards the end of a class is uh, Supta Baddha Konasana. I call it goddess pose. Um, and, you know, just really giving moms that unbelievable support that they need and can just be so nourishing. But then some women really don't like that posture, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it, it just depends. And, it, and maybe they didn't like it one day, but they love it the next day. Like, like I said in the beginning is that your body is literally different every single day during pregnancy. Maybe even like Every couple hours, something shifts and something changes. <laughs> I mean, it's it's insane. That's it so really crazy. <laughs> so, 
you know, like what might feel good for me one day isn't going to feel good for me, you know, the next day and just, you know, being open to honoring that and not getting caught up in the judgment about it. Right. Like, oh, I was able to balance yesterday. Why can't I do it today? Well, maybe because, yeah. you know, you've got way more blood flow today or maybe because you, the baby's head is shifted positions. And so you're off balance because of that. Like yeah. there's so many factors. Right. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's wild it's 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 so wild and so you know just really creating a space that honors those changes and and gives women a room to to connect to those changes in a non-judgmental way can also be incredibly empowering versus like going to a group class and being like nope can't do that nope can't do that it's like no we can do this in this way right we can explore that in this way and so I think a you know a prenatal class can be really geared to to support that, you know. Yeah, it's so cool. You almost describe it like um, training pregnant women to be aware and accommodate for everything that's art like happening at a moment to moment basis. And it just makes me think like, um, as I sit here and my shoulders hunch over (laughs) and I'm not paying attention to it until now, like all the moment to moment changes, even in our bodies, like as people who are not pregnant, you know, just like shifts and changes and, and things that are moving that, um, we don't, question you know we like we don't ask ourselves is this creating space for sandy to live in is this creating Mm. space for nat to live in you know like Mm. um and only when another human being intrudes in our body like do we ask is this enough space for me and my baby you know it's so it's so interesting like we it's easier to do things for others than for ourselves in some ways if that Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah yeah i was thinking (laughs) the same way totally that's definitely it yeah yeah um, I'm wondering with, so when you're pregnant, as I understand, there's more relaxin being released, which is basically a hormone that allows greater amounts of flexibility. Is that correct? <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's kind of the gist of it. So relaxin is a hormone that gets secreted during pregnancy. Um, in the first trimester, basically it helps to, it helps with the whole implantation process. Um, I mean, so, so relaxin is a wonderful hormone. It's, it's very much a necessary hormone. In the third trimester, you get another big dose of relaxin, and, and that really helps to prepare the body for labor. Um, the effects of the relaxin hormone is that it, it basically helps to, it, it works with the ligaments and the joints, and it makes things a little more highly movable, right? So the tendency is for the tendencies towards things like overstretching and hyperextension is much more of a possibility during pregnancy. And so it's really important that we honor that in the body because we don't want to be overstretching our ligaments. We don't want to be overstretching and going to this, you know, place where we can potentially, if continuous, we can create damage, right? We all know this. Mm-hmm. All of our hyper hypermobile <laughs> yogis. Hello. Bye. <laughs> so so relaxin has has this wonderful biological, you know, need. It's necessary. Um, but it does make us feel a little bit more looser in our joints. Yeah. And so, you know, for example, something like a Y legged forward fold, mm-hmm. um, there may be a, a tendency to go to go 
deeper in that posture or to hyperextend the knees in that posture and just kind of lay in the joints and it might feel really good. So it's important that we use more props during, during prenatal yoga or in, in any type of yoga class. We want to support the body and just kind of try to back out of going into that depth, mm-hmm. right? And we need to think about maybe more of this you know, and we've talked about this before, is like that more hydration aspect for, for the fascia and the connective tissue and, and perhaps more of that strengthening for the connective tissue. So, so not going deep into the release can be a very powerful place to be and more of that, what, what our, our teacher Tiffany calls 50%, right? Mm-hmm. Going, going to that 50% level. So, so yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, and that's why you, in your practice, as you stated before, or when you're teaching, um, you work more towards the strength and stability um, side of it because there is maybe people feeling more instable in their joints. So you're going to work the muscles around those joints to create a little more stability. Absolutely. You you bet. Awesome. Exactly. And one thing else I just want to add about relaxin, and this is sometimes um, something that's maybe not as well known, is that relaxin actually stays in your body for one year after you finish breastfeeding, right? So, yeah, so we're yeah. talking quite some time. Your body is still producing this relaxin. Your body, even while you're breastfeeding, your body is still producing relaxin, right? Um, it's a biological need. However, it stays in your bloodstream one year, up to almost up to one year after you finish breastfeeding. So that's just something that I think, you know, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole uh, about this, but I think that's also something that, you know, we need to consider postpartum is that, you know, we just need to, we just need to always be aware of what's happening in our bodies. That is it. super important to know yeah. for yeah. like anyone that's experienced pregnancy or teaching yoga period, I think. Mm-hmm. Like I never, I haven't received any prenatal, like I feel like every teacher training a 200 hour should at least do like maybe like a three hour thing on it. Like even just what you say in this podcast will be super helpful for teachers to know. Yeah, absolutely. The very basics of it. Yeah. And actually that's funny that you say that because just, you know, last week and I, I, I'm a part of a couple of local teacher trainings here and, in um, the Colorado, the Boulder, Colorado area. And um, yeah, one, one thing that I do is I do teach about two and a half hour, like kind of intro to prenatal yoga classes. And really it's more about, you know, how to support a woman who walks into your group class. Yeah. You know, like how, what are the things that we should be aware of? How can we support her? I mean, there's some really key things that you can do so that, she does not feel alienated, oh, excuse me, so that she does not feel alienated um, <laughs> and so that she feels like that goddess in the room, you know, like you want to support her in such a, such a really like helpful way. And it was really cool. I, um, I just actually got this email from um, a man who took the workshop and um, this was a few weeks ago and he was just saying, he's like, um, he was traveling and one of the classes, it was like a small class with about five people had a young woman who was pregnant. And so he was talking to the teacher um, and he said that he's like, oh yeah, I'm in a teacher training and I just had this prenatal workshop. So I have a few ideas for you because she had no idea what to do. Like she was lost, oh, wow. this teacher. 
Um, and also the class was outdoors and there was very minimal props. And he, so he said, he goes, I pulled from your, from your teachings, offering modest suggestions and the teacher and student were very grateful and they had a wonderful, wonderful class. And he said at one point they were both digging sand holes to, to help build support for that student. And she looked so comfortable. Um, and so it was just, it was a really sweet note that he wrote to me, just like how much, you know, just that little bit of knowledge just gave him that confidence so that when this pregnant woman was with him, he was able to support her. Instead of like a pregnant woman walks in your room and you get that deer in headlights look like, oh shit, what do I do, <laughs> right? And so I'm, I'm really passionate about education and how we can, you know, just even teach our 200 hour level teachers, just, you know, offering them guidance of, of how to support women. Because here's what's gonna happen oftentimes. Oftentimes a, your medical practitioner, you're pregnant, right? Your medical practitioner is going to say, oh, you should do yoga. And so oftentimes what you're going to find is people coming into a regular group class setting who have no yoga experience at all. And they're coming to these classes because their doctor told them to, right? And I think that this happens even in general, right? Because we're getting into this new phase where all doctors are now seeing the benefits of yoga. And so everybody's everybody's prescribing yoga, right? Um, and it, but it's especially happening with pregnancy. Um, and so we're getting a lot of beginners coming into group class settings. And, and that can be a really scary place for, for a new teacher to be. So just giving them a little bit of confidence, a little bit of support um, can really be helpful, you know, and it's and it's a kind of a nice, you know, little introduction be like, for, you know, at the 200 level, you know, it's all just like, toes in the water for a lot of these things. And Maybe it entices somebody to want to explore doing a prenatal training because a, tr a prenatal training is 80 hours, you know, and it's through Yoga Alliance and, and it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. So, yeah. Yeah. I know most people don't do their prenatal until they're pregnant and they're like, whoa, there's some <laughs> shit going on here that yeah. I'm really interested in, um, but not a lot of people like few people that I know kind of get into it without that experience. So it, it would be nice for teachers to have like a, just at least a drop in the bucket with what we can yeah. offer our students just in a group class. And um, I'm wondering one more thing about the physical body. So you talked about, we were talking about relaxing and how that's kind of preparing your body to open up more space. Like it, it, the tendons and ligaments get a little bit more lax. Um, and the purpose of that, well, one of the purposes of that, in my understanding, is to prepare like for actual birth, like to get the mobility in your hips to, and I guess, I guess like way back, way back when it would have been like you're giving birth mm. in like a really deep squat. I mean, in traditional, right? in traditional cultures, that's, that's how most people do give birth today. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, that's yeah. like, that is the yeah. most, uh, you know, <laughs> but yeah authentic way of giving birth let's say um so, also you know yeah great so, so your your body's like naturally preparing you for that deep squat um then because i'm just trying to think of like a perspective from the perspective of like i do obviously know a little bit but if i knew absolutely nothing and say someone um was in my classes and we were doing deeper squats like would i have them practicing that or is it like your body's already going to do that work you don't really know we to definitely encourage that. malasana in our practices in fact it's a it's a really 
It's a okay. great pose to be doing. I would say for women in their third trimester, it's it's probably very helpful to practice using the support of a block or a wall. Um, you just don't want to go into that depth. Remember, we've got the relaxant already, so we don't want to go deep into the joint and deep mm-hmm. into our ligaments. But um, so using the support of a block can be really a helpful a helpful technique. Okay, that makes sense. So that you're not just like sitting into those deep tendons and ligaments that Correct. We have in the back of the pelvis there. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like following up on that then, do you do you not hold postures as long? Like a stretchy posture? Yeah. Where you just like come in and oh, okay. That's cool. a great that's a great question. So um typically the way that I teach it is is no, we, we won't hold postures as long as we might in a in a regular vinyasa flow class or actually not even a flow class, like a more of a hatha style class. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't typically stay in postures for a long time, but there's some, I mean, sometimes I hold, um, I call it goddess pose when you're standing upright with your feet at 45 degree angle. Um, sometimes we'll hold that for a good bit. It's a great strengthening posture, um, for women. And, and there's mm-hmm. a lot we can be doing with that posture, but typically, uh, I don't hold, I mean, especially for inversions and this mm-hmm. might be opening the opening a rabbit hole here. Um, but <laughs> when we talk about inversions, which can be very, very wonderful during pregnancy, um, especially inversions, I won't hold for very long. So for example, say in my regular practice, I would do a headstand for a minute and pregnancy. If I do practice that, I might only hold it for five to 10 breaths, kind mm-hmm. of something like that. And, and just, and just so I can kind of clear this a little bit, there's always, you know, this discrepancy when it comes to practicing inversions during pregnancy. Um, and I just want to say that, um, in my opinion is that, um, inversions can be very safe and healthy and wonderful thing to practice during pregnancy. In fact, I practiced inversions probably till the day before I gave birth because it felt really good in my body. However, I had a strong inversion practice prior to becoming pregnant. And so it was a very natural thing that my body knows very well, right? However, if I was coming into a prenatal practice and I've never done an inversion before, and I'm talking things like headstands, handstands, things like that. I mean, downward facing dog is, is a pretty safe pose. It is an inversion, but it's pretty safe um, for everybody. Um, however, if I had never practiced an inversion before, it wouldn't be recommended. Right. And it's the same thing. Like if I never ran before pregnancy, it's probably not something that I want to start when I become pregnant, you know, things like that. Um, and then also if there's a, if there's my first baby was actually breached and the breech baby means that the head is upright versus down. So um, inversions can also be a really supportive practice. If the baby is breached, it could encourage the flipping, uh, the turning of the baby. So, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. There's, they... there's a oh. whole breach practice that you can do during, oh. during pregnancy. Yeah. 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 So when you go upside down, they want to put their feet on your diaphragm. So, oh, I, I'm just it, trying to. You know, like when when it comes to research for pregnancy and prenatal, like we can't, we don't do a lot of research. It's just, (laughs) Um, but that is, that, that could potentially be the idea um, is that it could, if there is a breached baby, it could help encourage the baby to turn 
head down. Oh, that's right? really cool. Yeah. yeah. And then I've also had the ver- reverse question like, oh, if the baby's head down and you do an inversion, can it encourage the baby to become breech? And, and the answer is no. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have enough information, um, but it's highly doubtful. Yeah. 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 I often get that question of like, oh, I've heard that I'm not supposed to do inversions when I'm menstruating. Is that true or not? And I'm just like, like nobody has the solid answer to that yet. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the answer, like you know? <laughs> right. Right. Anything yeah. held for 10 minutes is like questionable, period. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And anything held for 30 seconds is also like, is that so bad? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you guys. And the one thing that I do um, really just encourage, and and this is not something that's always very well known for um, in a a regular group class or public setting, is just that we want to support women. And and sometimes lying straight on our backs is not a comfortable position for for mamas to be in. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we always, if we are going to be on our backs, we just always make sure to really elevate um, the head and the heart. You know, I always say at least 15 15 to 40 degrees, depending on how far along you are in pregnancy. But sometimes even with that amount of elevation, it still might be very uncomfortable for a mama to lie on her back. Um, she might feel a little dizzy or nauseous. And so, mm. so lying on the left side um, is the best side. Left side is the best side for both mama and baby. Yeah. Because it provides maximum oxygen and blood flow um, to both. So so that's just something that I always just really encourage um, people to know um, who may not who may not know that yet. So can you give us like a little visual of why it's so uncomfortable to have a baby and like be lay, sort of laying flat on the yeah. back? Yeah, yeah. So so we have um, the vena cava and the vena cava the the vena the vena cava goes down the right side of our body, so the to the right of our spine. Um, And then as the uterus grows, as the baby grows, as the uterus grows, um, lying on our back can put pressure, the uterus can put pressure onto that vena cava. Um, And that pressure is going to provide sensations, something like feeling dizzy or nauseous. And and this is the way that we can stay tuned into our body, right? We always want to listen to our body and what it's telling us. Mm -hmm. So before any damage or harm could be done to both mama and baby, your body's going to tell you warning, right? Like mm-hmm. warning. <laughs> and so, so lying on your back can be a great place to be, but as long as we're elevated, we can take that pressure off the vena cava. Does that, does that yeah. make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, so providing that amount of elevation can be really still very helpful, but but still, for some women, it still may be very uncomfortable. So I always just check in with mamas. Like if we are on our back, we'll start with some elevation. Um, and then I always just make sure that I check in with them. Like if at any time you might be feeling dizzy or nauseous, just rock over to your side, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So just providing them that, that permission to, to turn over, if you know, just supporting them, right? Yeah. No, I love yeah. that. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good, good visual. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Well, I've gotten so much from this little chat just um, for how I'm going to, I guess, see see pregnant bodies in my 
group classes and be able to support them a little bit. So hopefully our listeners did as well. Yeah. So many great little tidbits. So thank you so much, Allie, for coming on and sharing with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so, so much. Of course. And just so, so you guys know there, um, yoga medicine will have a course launching pretty soon here. Um, that gives me, you know, more tips for teachers. And there's also a course on myofascial release for prenatal yoga. Um, and then there's also more about therapeutics, um, incorporating therapeutic techniques into, in, you know, for pregnant mamas. And so I think that there's some really useful things coming out online as well. So just stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. And I love yeah. online modules. They're such a good way just to like, be able to soak in all this information right away and then put it into practice. So if you do have someone, you know, that's coming into your classes regularly, like it can be implemented so fast, you know, you don't have to wait until the next training round comes around and sign up and then wait list and all that stuff. It's just right there. It's so good. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So if those <laughs> yoga medicine things are out when we do launch this podcast episode we'll definitely link to them if they're not out yet then we'll let you guys know and you'll just want to follow Allie on her Instagram to to find out um, or you can follow us as well um, and we'll link all of that below and we'll make sure to just do a shout out at that time when that stuff launches awesome and my Instagram is Allie Gear Yoga <laughs> yeah yay <laughs> Yeah, um, I think that that was a lot of really good information. And um, yeah, anything else we need to cover? No, I'm just grateful for you guys taking the time to to create a podcast about this. I mean, it's really important to me. It's near and dear to my heart. And I'm very passionate about sharing this knowledge and information with the community. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Ali. Thank mm. you. <laughs> Okay. All right. So before we totally sign off, um, I just want to remind everyone that we have a 10% discount code for anyone who wants to go to Wanderlust, any of the Wanderlust festivals anywhere this year for 2019. Uh, so we have that link in our show notes and you can also just go to our website and it's right on the front page of our website. Yeah. And also if you aren't um, with it with the myofascial release stuff yet um totally get on that because it is amazing and Allie does a lot of really great work on myofascial release um and the the sort of the product that we all recommend the most um I don't know if that's true for Allie but it is for me uh, is the rad roller um uh products and they're good just because they they create really um really good textures really good shapes sizes and um I don't know, like tools. They're just specific tools for specific body parts. Um, each product comes with like a little how-to sheet, which is actually like really like a lifesaver if you have certain things that you really want to get it into um, and you don't really know how. Uh, so yeah, we'll link up Rad Roller below as well. Um, and it's just a product that we all really highly endorse because we use them and we um, have enjoyed all the benefits from them. Yeah. Yeah. I love the Rad <laughs> products. I actually educate with Rad Roller as well. So I'm super confident in their products yeah and they're always like doing new things which is like yeah that's awesome Mm -hmm. (laughs) cool and then the last thing if you guys haven't had the chance to rate or review us on itunes we would really appreciate a little bit of love on there it just helps more people find the podcast and then helps this information get out to more students and teachers so we can all kind of support ourselves and have these conversations a little bit more easily yeah, yeah. So go ahead and, and do that. And change the world, of course. Just changing the world one podcast at a time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>